Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It is time to head out to the Toyota of Hollywood hotline. Shop hundreds of Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. Ah, we fooled everybody a little bit. We have Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk with us. Mike, good morning. How you doing? Hey, I appreciate your flexibility very much. We are going to be in the middle of a of a meat grinder on Friday morning with Caleb Williams and other quarterbacks here, so I'm glad we can move it. No, I am glad too because and, and I got to start with this before we get to combine stuff and free agency stuff. All right, so did you know about Peter King? Did you know I I was shocked to get up and go I'm retiring. Did you know that was coming? You know I'd known about it for a long time, and as it got closer and closer, you know how this goes. More and more people find out about things, and it reaches a critical mass where a ton of people know about it. And I was impressed that no one blabbed to any of the various reporters who cover the media. And there's a lot of people out there who are always looking for a scoop, something that advances the ball, something that no one else has. And everyone respected Peter's wishes. He was able to retire on his own terms. He was able to announce it yesterday. He did my show, PFT Live, for two hours. And we kind of went down memory lane with some of the things he's done over the years. And, yes, I knew it was coming. And... It got to the point where a lot of people knew, and I was getting nervous that somebody was going to blab, and I'm glad nobody did. Just because I'm Peter's age, and uh, so, so Mike, I know people say this like, oh, I, I must have got this five times yesterday from Peter King fans and the Monday morning quarterback, which he's made famous and part of pro football talk. And, and I said, they're going, oh, Peter will be back. He'll go through that family stuff for a little while and a whole bunch of vacations. And as much as you love the wife and those kids – you're going to want to get back. You expect he'll come back because he's been doing it so long and he's so good at it. He is retiring with an asterisk. And I think what he's doing is he's giving himself the freedom to do whatever he chooses to do next, whatever that might be. And I told him there's an open invitation. If he decides he wants to write about something and he wants a place for it to live where a lot of people will read it, he can send it to me. If he wants to come on the show, he can come on the show. I don't know how much he's going to follow any of it. I really don't. I have sensed in recent years that he just wasn't into the day in and day out grind, the minutia, all the little transactional things that you have to be all in for all the time if you're going to do this job the right way. And he still did it the right way. He still put out great content. And some would say this year he was as good, if not better than ever, with some of the stuff he was able to get in the immediate aftermath of games. And that's the thing that people don't realize. He is 
you know, in real time on Sundays, getting people on the phone, trying yeah. to figure out what's happening mm-hmm. in this game, figure out what's happening in that game, up till 4 a.m., writing it all up and putting it in a presentable format that everybody can understand and kind of feel like they were there. So it's hard work. He's going to do something. I don't know what it is, but it's not like he's going away for good. He's just going to find something else that he wants to do. So, uh, Mike, I got all kinds of stuff with the Combine. First of all, because all the agents go up there, and they'll tell you. Listen, Drew Rosenhaus and the other South Florida agents will tell you. They're getting a lot of business done up there, and it's not just the draft and where their guys might be going. They're looking at getting an early jump on this free agency, better known as some form of tampering, no matter what anybody says. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, and there's no way that anyone can even begin to detect it because it's all face-to-face. There's no digital trail. Right. They go and meet in hotel rooms and conference rooms, and they meet over dinner. And as long as you have one client on the team, if you're spotted somewhere, you're golden. I remember when there was an accusation that Washington had tampered with Albert Hainsworth. And his agent was having dinner with Daniel Snyder, who owned the team at the time. The agent had one other player on the team. And so they said, that's who we were talking about. How do you ever prove that otherwise? Right? So it it happens like crazy. They don't bother. I had a team president tell me years ago, we used to not do it until we realized we're the only ones who weren't doing it. It was a competitive (laughs) disadvantage because everybody else did it. There is. There's no question about it. So so the other part of this is – we got five or six coaches. Uh, I saw you and Peter talked about this that that uh, won't be showing up to the combine. And, and and by the way, I heard this at the Senior Bowl years ago too. One thing those coaches that the guy who was my college coach that was a head coach said one bad part of this is everybody's looking for a friggin' job. So for the unemployed coaches line, they're all here, and it's hard because you got to say no to guys, and you just don't want to deal with it. Um, is that a big reason you think those guys aren't going? I think it's a combination of things. Look, it's a horribly inefficient week. You're out of your regular habitat. You get out of your normal routine. There are things that you could do from home. You can watch all the workouts on film whenever you want. You can participate in the interviews of prospects via Zoom if you want to. So you stay home. You avoid all of the stuff that's unrelated to what you're trying to do at this stage of the offseason. And I get it. Now, it's only four or five guys. It's not like it's taken off yet. I think if they would ever move it out of Indianapolis into a city where it would be harder to get around, not as convenient, not as easy, everything's in simple walking distance from wherever you would stay, I think more would say it's not worth my time. And I think it's one of the reasons it hasn't moved because there's just enough who stay away now that they understand if they made it harder for the coaches, half of them wouldn't come. How do you sell people on it being a big event if half the coaches don't yeah. come? So. I understand it, but, you know, here's the other side of it, too. They're bringing these kids in here for this quote-unquote job interview, and they have to put, be, be put through all the paces, and they go through the medical, and they go through the workouts, and they go through the interviews. I think that there is something to be said for showing up and sitting there in the room and showing these kids you care about it, too. It's important to them. It's important to you. You're there out of respect for them, sitting down face-to-face with them for these interviews, even though you're only going to draft a handful of them that sent a powerful message to all the players in the league because some of those guys you might be signing as free agents down the road. Well, Mike, we know this. There's going to be a lot of running backs working out at the Combine, and there's a lot of running backs looking for jobs because it doesn't look like any of the running backs are going to get tagged. And second of all, none of the running backs are going to go in the first round of this draft. That position, I know you were big on coming up with a new system for running backs last year. 
Uh, what are your thoughts on on the running back? Like, hey, you guys go get the best deal you can, and hopefully we'll be able to grab one of you. Yeah, that's the reality. You know, Derrick Henry's already been linked to the Ravens, and this is part of that tampering that's going to happen. We'll we'll know, or at least we'll find out in time, where Saquon Barkley's going to go, where Josh Jacobs is going to go. The problem is the market for running backs has changed dramatically over the years. It'll be interesting to see what happens to the market when you consider how much the cap went up. Maybe the market looks a little bit better just because the cap went up so much, 13.6% bump in the cap. Maybe you get a 6% bump in the market. I don't know. We'll find out. But there's a lot of free agent running backs, teams like young guys, teams like guys who are healthy, teams like guys who are cheap. They like to chew them up, and they like to spit them out. And that's what it's become at running back, and it's very difficult for anyone to get paid. That's why when you're getting started in the league or in football in high school, when you show those high-end skills, get to a different position (laughs) because you're going to make money and you're going to have a longer career if you get out of that running back uh, pigeonhole. So uh, last year we saw C.J. Stroud, the whole thing, and stuff leaked out, and it it wasn't very nice on some of the tests that were done, and his agent – came out and said, listen, from now on, all of our guys that we represent, none of them will be taking that test. We just want to let everybody know, uh, whoever leaked it out in the NFL office, what do you think about that going forward for, for these guys? I've been saying for years that the players should say, until you can prove to us conclusively that you can secure these results and keep them truly confidential, we are not submitting to anything. We are not doing any of this because what happens every year and i wrote about this this morning last year it was cj stroud and the s2 test this year it'll be something else next year it'll be something else it's always something because there is an all's fair sort of a strategy that comes into play here when you have guys that and there's three different ways that you can look at it you can look at a team that is drafting lower that wants to get a guy to fall so we'll spread negative stuff and hope he'll fall. I right. think there may have been teams last year hoping C.J. Stroud would fall. Or you've got a team like the Panthers last year trying to justify taking Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. What better way to justify it than to leak that information? See, Bryce Young was in the 98th percentile on that test. C.J. Stroud was in the 17th percentile. We're making the right pick. And it can get dirty among agents, too, because when you're representing these guys, you want to be drafted as high as possible. So you want your guy to go higher than the other guy, so you say bad things about the other guy to make your guy go higher. So there's all sorts of different ways that dirty pool gets played here, and it happens over and over and over again, and there isn't much you can do. But for stuff like cognitive tests, hey, I like the idea of saying we're just not doing it. Yeah, that's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting going forward with some of this stuff. So I do want to ask you about Caleb Williams. Uh, we are, we've heard for like a year now. He's uh, He's clearly – He's clearly the best quarterback. And you still buy that, Mike, or are we going to just actu- absolutely pick and, and dissect this guy right down to the bones to figure out if he is or not? How, how do you think it plays out? Well, this is something that we won't even begin to know until it's time to start playing in games that count. We've seen that time and again. We didn't know about Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud until it was time to go play in the games last year. I look back at the first overall picks of the past 50 years, guys that were quarterbacks, guys at other positions. There's no guarantee you're going to win Super Bowls with that guy who's the first overall pick. There's no guarantee whatsoever. That's why I think the risk the Bears are taking, if they would trade Justin Fields and go all in with Caleb Williams, what if Caleb Williams doesn't work out? You know, it's a lottery. And I'm a big believer in getting as many tickets as you can. And if they can do this year what they did last year 
I mean, look, last year they slipped out of the number one overall pick, and they ended up getting, among other things, the pick that became the number one overall pick this year. So I'm a big believer in volume because there is no magic to any of this, and there is no sure thing. Yeah, Caleb Williams is a sure-fire number one overall pick. We won't know for months whether or not that means he's going to be a sure-fire, competent, high-end NFL quarterback. You think Justin Fields gone then, huh? No matter what, they're kind of teasing no, everybody. No, 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 no. With. I think I, – well, yeah, we're interviewing Ryan Poles, the Bears GM, here in a couple of hours, and I don't expect him to lay his cards on the table. But, you know, they've got a lot of different things they can do. And one of the things they could do is keep Fields, figure out where his ceiling is, yeah. and, and then trade that number one overall pick and put players around him. And whatever they do – you know, D.J. Moore, one of the guys they acquired in trade last year, when they moved out of the number one spot for the Panthers, DJ Moore has been saying publicly for weeks now, keep Justin Fields. So that's another factor you got to come, uh, you got to take into consideration because you've got guys on that team that believe in Justin Fields. You're going to rip him out of the roster and trade him and start over again. You, you better be sure that it's going to work because you're taking a very big risk. And you also, and Joe, this is a point that I've tried to get people more sensitive to. There's already enough pressure on the kid who gets taken first overall. The circumstances can put more pressure on him. Like last year, Bryce Young, look at everything they gave up to get him. Oh, more boy. pressure on the kid. If they take Caleb Williams, more pressure on him because they could have kept Justin Fields. you got to take that into account. These are young kids still just trying to find their way. And I think there's a point where it can be too much. So, so let me ask you a follow-up to that because we brought this up earlier this morning, the transfer portal for, for college football. And the Hurricanes just no, recently got, got a guy, and I'm, I'm guessing paid pretty good money to get him from Washington State to come out. Do we treat them do those guys, or do you treat those guys differently knowing that a lot of these quarterbacks that transfer are making over a million dollars a year? Is there more pressure no, on I them? No, I think it's Well, it's about time. No, this, I don't think there's more pressure on them. I think they, they're finally getting a piece of the pie. Even though the pie isn't coming from the bakery that it should be coming from, the schools should be paying these kids, and I think it's just a matter of time before that reckoning goes to full bloom and the schools have to pay because the whole NCAA scam is a, a walking, talking antitrust violation, and the courts are catching up with it, and this NIL stuff is the front end of it, and I think it's great. Everybody connected to the sport is making money. The guys who are playing should be making it too, so I think it's great. And what it also may do, at some point, you're going to have a guy who is presumed to be the first overall pick in the draft, and he's not going to want to play for the team that holds that first pick. And he's going to say, you know what? If you draft me, I'm going to sit out the whole year. And I got $20 million in the bank that I can live on. Unlike past years, where if you decide to sit out a whole year, where are you going to come up with your money? You're going to have more and more guys who come into the NFL with a big pile of money, and they can sit out for a year if they want to. Hey, Mike, before I let you go, I'm just glad. I, I saw you said something about this. Glad we're keeping the rule the same on, on fumbles into the end zone, the Zay Flowers play, to use it as an example. Uh, the one that goes out of bounds and the ball goes to the defense, uh, they get the ball. I, I like that. I know some people complained about it. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? You, you agree you, you like it? Well, you know, it's funny. I used to hate it. I have a whole chapter in my book, Playmakers, about how it's the worst rule in football. And I don't know whether it's Chris Sims beating me down over time or what, <laughs> but I've gotten to the point where I understand the reasoning behind it because you've got to protect the ball when you are near the opposing end zone, that there's something sacred about that territory. Sims laughs and calls it North Korea. I mean, it's, it's like the DMZ. You've got to be extra careful when you get near the goal line. The one compromise that he and I came up with is this, because you fumble the ball if you're the offense. 
And if you fumble at the two and it goes out of bounds just short of the pylon, you get the ball at the spot of the fumble. Right. If it touches the pylon, the defense gets the ball at the 20. Why not give the ball to the defense at the spot of the fumble? So if the fumble happens at the two, it goes into and out of the end zone. Defense gets the ball, but they get it at the two, not at the 20. That's okay. something that he and I have agreed after talking it through. Maybe that's the fair way to do it. Yeah, that's interesting. But, but we just have so many rules towards the, the, the offensive side of the ball, and I know you guys talked about this. These guys defensively work so hard. They'll give up yards to try to knock the ball out. They'll let you run another three, four, five, six, seven oh, yards. Absolutely. And they've gotten so but, good but Joe, at it. What stirs the drink for the NFL? It's yards and it's points. Yeah. So you have a team that is right on the brink of scoring a touchdown, and you take the ball away from them and give it to the other team on the 20, that doesn't score points. I think that's why the NFL kind of spontaneously mentioned last December, hey, we're going to look at this rule. There was no push for it. There was no weird play that happened that caused it. They just kind of blurted out, we're going to look at this. But as it turns out, they don't think there's enough momentum to change it. Yeah. All right, good way to leave it. Uh, We've got so much stuff going on. Mike, have a great trip at the Combine. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. All See right. you, buddy. You got it. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk joining us this morning. So many different things and just ran out of time that uh, we wanted to uh, talk to Mike. Thank uh, Appreciate him coming on. He's going to be at the Combine all week doing uh, a lot of stuff for Pro Football Talk, which, by the way, he owns. <laughs> How about that? He and his friends at NBC. Great stuff. All right. Right now, I do want to uh, take a, a moment this morning to tell you about your South Florida Chevy dealers, Suburbans and Tahoes and the Traverse. The Trailblazer, Equinox, and the Blazer, they make up a lot of the smaller, midsize, and big boy SUVs at your South Florida Chevy dealer. I know one thing when it comes to style, substance, space, all the things important to you and your family. Oh, what a great look. I mean, some of them are just fantastic. We own a Tahoe and a, and a Trailblazer. Matter of fact, getting ready to get another one. They're, uh, they're great, and I just know you're going to love them. If you haven't seen them, you haven't had a test drive with one, and you're in the market, you really need to check out what they've done in their SUV family from top to bottom. It's fantastic. Right over to our number one selling Silverado durable trucks. Just not, not Silverado trucks, durable trucks. You need a truck you can count on seven days a week, five days a week for work to family. It's almost like our trucks are custom-made for your lifestyle, really, from top to bottom. Hey, still need to get the kids around, get them to practice, get them to school, and yet still be able to work for you to make a living. Boy, we make them all for you, new and used, in great shape. And uh, if you're you're going through any changes in your life, I got some buddies that are doing it. First thing you do is you go out and get a Corvette. A lot cheaper than jumping into a rebound relationship, I promise you. There is nothing like these new Corvettes, and they've never made an ugly Corvette in their life. Boy, Chevy top to bottom has never looked better than it does right now. Spend a little bit of time at your South Florida Chevy dealers, convenient locations in Dade, Broward, and Monroe County. Take a test drive. You'll fall in love at your South Florida Chevy dealer. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.